Lord, would you have this word just do its work? Speaking to us, Lord. Amen. We're in a series on belonging. And would you just say with me, you belong? Say it again. You belong. This morning what I want to share with you is you belong in the boat. So turn with me to Matthew 8. And we're going to see that you belong in the boat. It's a familiar story. I believe that I want to present something to you in a prophetic fashion so that you'll comprehend where we're at as a people and where you are at and where you're living. Now this starts in verse 18. It says in Matthew 8, 18, when Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake. Then a teacher of the law came to him and said, that I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. And another disciple said to him, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. And Jesus told him, follow me and let the dead bury the dead. This morning, I want you to understand something that to belong to Jesus, you need to get in the boat. And as the word came forth this morning, are you in or are you you out is the word. Now, you need to belong, and you need to get into the boat. And what Jesus was telling the crowd, and he knew that this would sift the crowd, he didn't say, could you please? He didn't say, hey, anybody that wants to. It says that Jesus commanded the people, get in the boat, we're going to the other side of the lake. We're going to the other side. So the Lord would command that you are either in or out. And what this did is it presented a conundrum for some people. And some said, I'd like to follow you. And Jesus knew that this man wanted comfort. And he says this, "Uh, I don't have a home. I don't have a pillow. This is not going to be an easy ride. In fact, later we're going to see in this story, he didn't have a pillow. He laid down to sleep in the bottom of the boat. And what God is saying to his people is, this is not your home. We're too at ease here. We've made this place our home, and we, in fact, determine whether God is blessing us based on the comfort of our pillow in bed. And he says, this is not your home. Get in the boat. Leave the familiar. And we're coming to a year, 2013, I want to speak to you. We're coming to a year where you need to leave behind the familiar. You need to get in the boat and go. But my pillow, my bed, uh uh-uh. You don't have a pillow in bed. Get in the boat with me. It's a command of the Lord. Then the next man said this. He said, but there is a real problem here. My father died. Now, according to Jewish law, you honor your mother and father. You give them a proper burial. You do what you should do for the family. But Jesus said something so radical to this man. He said, if you want to follow me, you get in the boat and let the dead bury the dead. What he's saying is this is zombie land. Get in the boat for life. You need to get into this boat. This is where life is. We've become too familiar and too uh, relaxed among the dead. 
Let the dead bury the dead. Some of you just got saved. Some of you are just born again. And this is a tough position to be in. And some of you have to leave some family behind. Some of you have to leave some friends behind. And you need to get in the boat. And when you get in the boat, you let the dead bury the dead. Let some of those dead issues bury themselves. Stop attending to them. I really felt this morning from the Lord that I was was sharing the love of God and and He gave me this vision of us petting our sin. Petting our, no, our offenses, our wounds. Precious. Precious. I was offended. We have become so familiar with the pain of offense that it's precious to us. Precious. Let that dead thing die. Get in the boat and let's move on. And so he said, we must move forward. Now, you've got to do the God things. Burying his father would be a good thing. Something he would be, would be appropriate. But Jesus was calling him. This isn't just another rabbi. This isn't just another teacher. This isn't just another movement. This is God in the flesh telling you, get in the boat. All right? This isn't something small. We take the commands of the Lord too small. As options. There's no option here, brothers and sisters. This is Jesus saying, follow me and forsake all. And the man was going to do a good thing, but it wasn't the God thing. I was sharing that with someone earlier this week. There are a lot of good things to get involved with. And then there's the God things that he's telling you to do. And we can get very easily distracted with good things instead of God things. Get in the boat. We belong in the boat. And this is a year Jesus is saying, I'm ready to set sail. We need a a church. Are you ready? For the army of God is advancing. Are you ready to get in the boat and move? We need to move into spiritual warfare, into the heavenlies, and prepare our lives, prepare ourselves for what is ahead. So get in the boat. Let the dead bury the dead. And there's no pillow and mattress here. Get in the bed. Now, this is interesting. They, they got in the boat and they begin sailing. Jesus falls asleep. He's resting. Because what was his command? We're going to the other side. So when Jesus says we're going to the other side, what do you think the result's going to be? We're going to the other side. Now he didn't detail everything that's going to happen in between. But you're going to get to the other side. Some things have happened in your life. God has given you a word. God has given you a promise. And you begin to doubt it because there's all sorts of problems. But he's going to fulfill what he says he'll do. Jesus is going to return. And he's not slow or slack in his promises, Peter says. People will ridicule us that where's your Jesus? I thought he was going to come. Oh, he'll come. There's a whole mess of trouble in between time. But he's coming. Amen? Now, let's continue on to see what he has to say of those who got in the boat. Verse 23, then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Now, without warning, a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. He replied, you of little faith Why are you so afraid? 
Then he stood up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. Then the men men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Now, we belong in the boat. The second problem is there's storms going to be all around us. Just because you are following Jesus with all your heart, mind, soul, and body doesn't mean you're not going to be without trouble. And there's going to be storms all around us. The problem was they began to doubt whether they could make it to the other side. Jesus said we're going to the other side. He gets up and he says, you have little faith. Now, because there's a storm brewing around them and the water is splashing around them and beginning to create a problem in the boat. This is scary stuff. Storms all around. Jesus is sleeping sound. Now, we're going to have to serve the Lord in a boat and have faith like we've never had faith before. You're going to be closer to the Lord, more intimate in the Lord, but there's going to be more storms coming. Can I tell you what I see as just three storms coming this year that are going to be of major proportions? The first one is in the governmental realm. In the governmental realm, we're at $16 trillion in debt. We're going to have such an economic crisis and we're going to uh, have a war over rights. And uh, this government is shifting and changing and it's getting scary. Uh, There's going to be some storms in the governmental realm. That would mean we need to storm in our governmental realm. All right? We need to move in our governmental authority in the third heaven, seated in the throne of God. And so with those storms, we need to do what Jesus did. He got up and in the realm of the heavenly spoke to the storms. We need to begin speaking to the storms. you got to be in the boat to do that. See, the people on the land, they run into their houses. They run into the home. And nothing changes. Jesus is in the storm, speaking to the storm, calming it. He's in the middle of it. That's where the church should be. Where there is a problem, I hope a Christian shows up. While everybody else is scattering, the Christians run because they've got a solution in prayer and in compassion. This is the Christian life. And that's where Jesus was. Second storm that I really believe coming is in a moral storm. There's going to be a greater moral tempest in this nation. With the gay agenda coming and uh, its stronger uh, politics and power over the media and so forth, you're going to see a moral storm brewing to where it is going to come to isolate Christians as intolerant people in a greater measure than ever before. So you're going to have to watch that. And so we need to bring forth an understanding and a message of love and truth It's not about homosexuality. It's about holy sexuality. It's about speaking holiness and God's Word on how to live a life. And so that's the key issue. So we're going to have governmental storms. We're going to have moral storms. And last of all, I believe we're going to have religious storms. Islam is gaining more and more ground and acceptance in this nation. And if you'll notice that the next part of the agenda is Sharia law. And that is the huge issue coming now into our courts and into the land. Many people have no clue what Sharia law is and what it includes and what it means. You've got to be in the boat to understand the storm. 
you've got to understand what it's doing to the world around us. See, if we're back on the land, we don't care about the storm. We're in our comfort of our pillow and bed. Jesus said, get in the boat. We've got work to do. We've got something to accomplish. So I believe that while we're in the boat and while we're moving with Jesus in a greater intimate way, He separated Himself from the crowds and from the people and the people who followed Him dearly gave their lives to get into that boat, leaving behind the comforts and in that boat facing the storms. And we're going to be facing those storms this year. We need to belong in the boat more than ever. We need to belong in the boat. We need to belong to each other. We need to build each other up. It's going to be a storm out there. There's a storm coming. And I hope you are in the boat getting ready for it. Now, what is cool about this is the authority of Jesus Christ. I like this. Greater is He that's in the boat than he that's in the storm. That's a little bit of a paraphrase. But I want to be in the boat. I want to be where Jesus is. Now, it's scary there, and you're getting wet. But who wouldn't want to experience, even though you're soaking wet and inches away from drowning, to see the glory of God manifest in such a miraculous way that He quiets the tempest and calms the waters? I want to be in that boat. How about you? Anybody want to be in that boat with me? I want to be in that boat. Tell your neighbor, get in the boat. <laughs> we got to get in the boat. I want to be in that boat. I want to see Jesus. We belong in the boat. He got up and he rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. Now, I don't know what's going to happen on the governmental storms, on the moral storms, and on the religious storms that we're going to face as a people. I don't know what's going to happen there. When, I, when Jesus is going to speak, we're His body, we're His feet, we must speak to these storms. What we must speak to these storms is peace and calm, order and authority in the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't speak hatred. We don't speak out of prejudice. We do not speak uh, with ridicule. We do not name call. Could you imagine Jesus standing up to that storm and say, you stinking lousy wind? You see, those who have the answer don't have to ridicule, don't have to harangue, don't have to stoop. That is a ploy of the enemy. The enemy wants you to fight with your flesh. If you've ever done any spiritual warfare or ever done any work against the demonic, what the demonic does, they're so crafty and sneaky, is they will ridicule, they will harangue you, they will fuss against you, they will challenge you so that you in your righteousness get angry and mad in your flesh. And so they have you attack them out of your flesh, which totally disarms your ability to deal with them. We cannot do this. We cannot put on our posts uh, sarcasm against uh, these different issues of these different people. We don't call people names. You represent the Lord Jesus Christ. Take authority over this issue and begin to speak the authority and peace of God. We know how this thing ends. We make it to the other side. So you're going to get wet. You're going to get tossed to and fro, but I'm in the boat, and Jesus is in there with me. All right? All right, you belong in the boat. Now, here's the third thing 
that uh, you have to deal with once you're in the boat. There was a storm in the boat. Well, we got storms on the outside, but then you got trouble in the boat. Uh, People were pretty upset. They were worried about dying. They had lost their trust in the Lord and had a lot of doubt as well. Fear and doubt had crippled them. Now, we're coming into a time where we cannot allow fear and doubt to cripple us. And the only way you can overcome fear and doubt is to draw nearer to the Lord Jesus Christ in trust and belief. And so they were afraid. Now, here's the amazing thing. They just left a healing revival. Read the portion of Scripture before they got in the boat. The reason there were so many people there is because Jesus was healing and doing so many miraculous things that crowds kept coming. And whoever he was touching and speaking to, demons were fleeing, people were being healed, and, and just amazingly miraculous things that disclosed who he was. And when they got in the boat and had a little bit of trouble, they stopped believing in who he was. That sounds like human nature, doesn't it? So Jesus rebuked them. You people of little faith. Now when he spoke and rebuked them, and I I remember I preached this and I did a study on this, they had fear and doubt and unbelief. And he rebuked them, telling them, you don't have any faith, you have little faith. Therefore, nothing happened and they all drowned. That would be kind of a short gospel, wouldn't it? No. So we've got some theologies in, in, in the house and, and outside that if you don't have enough faith, God can't do anything. I'm sorry. God can do anything He wants to do. Yes, he can. And even if we fail to trust Him, thank God for the grace that will get us out of this thing. Amen. He will still. Oh, He'll call, call you out on it. And He will correct and he will discipline but god will not leave his people he's covenanted to us he will not fail us we may see things happen that really shake your faith in god but this is an hour and this is the day where you have got to get into this boat fully you have got to get in are you trusting him with all that you are Not all that you have. That's a given. Can I remind you, you don't own a thing. You don't. We hold on to it as if it's ours. But see, when you got born again, you lost everything, including your life. You have no rights. Now that offends Americans. Americans are inbred with this, it's my right to do what I want to do. It's my right to do this. But you see, the gospel existed before America. And when Jesus purchases you, he kills you. We got to get this gospel right, everybody. I was crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. You gave up your pillow, you gave up your bed, and you got in the boat. Now, when the storm comes in, they're, they're scared, they're frightened, 
They're challenged by being with Christ. But they have to trust His Word. We're going to the other side instead of their surroundings. And that's what we're going to have to do. Trust His Word more than the storms we're going to face this year. Trust His Word. You will be challenged with everything you have. Trust God. Trust God. You'll have a new revelation of who He is. And that's what I love about this. As the storm is raging, they're scared, they're scrambling, they're screaming, they wake up Jesus. Jesus gets up, He speaks to the wind, and He speaks to the waves. Now you've got to understand the, 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 uh, the physics involved with this. This is crazy. Because of the tempest of the wind that he would be able to speak to the wind and silence it immediately and the power and authority to cause a churning sea to immediately go to glass? Do you understand the power and the force in the atmosphere that by his authority he could change in an instant? And what happened is it says they were in awe of him. As Luke writes it, I think it says they were scared of him. Who is this guy? And that's where we need to go this year. It is my prayer that as we're in this boat and God moves in these storms that we're all going to face, we are going to come to a greater revelation of who He is. And I hope it scares the pants off of us. Figuratively speaking. I hope it puts us on our face and we say, Oh God, I have... I don't even know you. Because really, brothers and sisters, we really think we know him. And we think we can conform him to our wishes. Oh, wow. We have not been in the boat long enough with him. We have got to see Jesus so amazing and so powerful. Now, here's something that's fascinating. He's going to take us to the other side, like he said. And when we get to the other side, what happens on the other side? Well, let me, let me read it to you. When he arrived, verse 28, at the other side in the region of the Gardens, two demon-possessed men came uh, from the tombs, met him. They were so violent that no one could pass that way. What do you want with us, Son of God? They shouted. Have you come here to torture us before the appointed time? And then he talks about the swine and the herd and he casts the demons out. You had us get in a boat, leave our home, come through these storms, and get to the other side only to be attacked by a demonic horde who is called Legion living in these two guys. Seriously? See, they had, he had to take his people to another dimension and another level. They were, they were all excited about the healings and the miraculous, but they weren't ready for the supernatural realm he was taking them to. He was taking them into a supernatural realm where, first of all, before you can deal with the demon, you've got to deal with Jesus. You've got to understand who he is. You have to begin to understand his majesty and his glory. Once you begin to understand his majesty and glory, he says, now I'm, I'm, bringing, I'm enlisting you in a war, a spiritual war. Took him to the other side for battle. And they meet the demonic host. 
These guys were so vicious. It says that they cut themselves, they bled, and that people couldn't pass through that area because they'd attack them. They'd be foaming at the mouth and screaming and and yelling. I wouldn't go that way. That's scary stuff. And so they get to the other side and they see these crazy guys and Jesus speaks to the demonic. Now here again, what happens? The demons know Jesus. They understand his authority. They know exactly who it is. I I, I just think it is awesome that as soon as Jesus got out of the boat and his foot hit that sand, bam, something happened in the atmosphere of that ground. He entered from the boat into a territory and land has authority and powers and territories. As soon as he touched it, just like the high priests put their foot in the water and it split, Jesus put his foot on the sand and the demonic realm knew the king of glory was there and they had to come present themselves to the Lord and show up. Praise God. He delivered those demons out of those men, cast them into the swine. The swine said, I don't want them, and killed themselves in the water, went back into the lake. The townspeople heard about it and said, Get out of here. We don't want you. You're scaring us. Now isn't that interesting? We all have the expectation that when the church shows up, everybody wants us. We're nice people. We love. We don't judge. We care. We want to pray for you. And people hate us. We don't like you. Because we're of another realm, power, and authority. And light dispels darkness. And those in darkness who don't want it want you gone. So he got back in the boat. And guess what they did? Went back to the other side. Now, why? Think about this story. Why would he go through all this? Why would he do this? Now, I I thought of two things when I think about Jesus. The first thing I thought is, out of Christ's compassion, he wanted to get to the other side to heal those demon-possessed people. To declare his authority over the kingdom of darkness. That's my Lord. Don't you love Jesus? Isn't He would leave the crowds of people to go where someone needs him. Secondly, I think he did all this for his disciples. He did all this to prepare them for the kingdom. Why would it be any different for us, his disciples? To prepare us to get in the boat and prepare for the storms so that we would see his glory and that we would understand the realm of warfare we're going to need to enter into and begin to walk and live in that kind of trust. So Jesus commanded them to go to the other side and get in the boat. So this morning, according to the book of Hebrews, I want to remind you once again. Hebrews 10.25 says this, Let us not give up on meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. That is an end times verse 
for the last days. The day is approaching closer than it ever has. And so the Lord would call us to gather together and encourage each other all the more. We belong to each other. We need to belong to a community of people that will be in the boat together. We're in the boat together with Jesus. In this boat, we will see the storms. And in this boat, we will see the glory of Jesus Christ. In this boat, we will be brought to a new level of warfare against the demonic realm and the spirit. And in this boat, we will be in awe of who Christ is and what he has called us to do. You belong in the boat. And I hope you're in it with me. Let's bow our heads.